You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% percent off your next order it is mock draft monday and so we are going to spend some more time talking about the nfl draft i i previewed this piece a little bit last week and i I think it's a great way to get into our mock draft monday discussion because you know if i do the same mock draft it's going to be mostly the same players every time you guys know who i like you guys know the deal you you know it, it it's not going to look that different unless we try to make it look different unless we 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 give ourselves reasons to make it look different and I have to say that the piece that I wrote, and in, in, in part because of the, the underlying work, not because I wrote the thing, but because of the underlying work in it, has changed the way that I look at mock drafts and the way that I look at um, the, the things that, that teams are smart to do when you are looking at strategies in the draft. And so Pro Football Focus did this incredible study And they looked at historical hit rates. And the goal of the study was to look at, okay, what positions does the NFL, is there, are there positions? Is it the case that that they're better at evaluating some positions than others? And it turns out there are. And it turns out that they're really bad at ordering other positions. And I think this, it, it, it should inform the way that we think about drafting. Now, teams do not think this way. I cannot stress this enough. Teams believe in their process. Teams should not believe in their process, okay? It is just over time, there isn't that big a difference between the success rates of these teams. And you, you can look over the last 10 years and yeah, the best teams at maximizing their draft capital are the Patriots, the Steelers, the Packers, and the Ravens. And guess what? Over the last 10 plus years, they've been the best franchises, the most stable franchises. There, There is, is something to good process and consistency and continuity and all, all of that good stuff, just like with any business. But you should not believe in your own evaluations over historical success rates or put another way you should be taking into account the historical risks when saying okay we are we tend to be good at evaluating these kinds of players and that matters so when you think about for the packers what are the positions where they are uh, going to be looking in this draft okay we think corner we think safety We think offensive tackle, we think receiver beyond that. Okay. Maybe linebacker, maybe running back, 
that's basically all the positions. So where historically has the league been good at ordering these guys? Terrible at, at, at ordering linebackers. Terrible at ordering safeties. So what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that a team should not be so sure of its evaluations of these players. They should not be so sure that safety one is so much better than safety five. Now, okay, the Packers drafted Darnell Savage. Looks like they were right. He's a really good player. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying these kinds of things matter. Green Bay in that draft, they really needed a safety. And if you're going to get it right, it's I, it, to me, it's okay to prioritize a position like that, especially because Pro Football Focus in a different study found that safeties are one of the most impactful positions that teams draft. And, and in terms of early war, that these safeties that come in and play right away, they can be incredibly impactful for your team. Darnell Savage, to a certain extent, is proving that. I think what that tells us, though, is only take a safety in the early rounds if they have the elite traits, the elite speed, the elite playmaking. The same is true of linebacker. If you take a 4-6 linebacker who's a run stuffer in the first 50 picks, you are asking to get that pick wrong. You are just asking to get it wrong. The positions where the first round teams have found more success, which is to say teams are good at evaluating these players. Because if you are if you have more success in the first rounds, it means that the, the league as a whole has been better at saying these are the good players because that's the problem, right? You take a guy in the first and you could have gotten a better guy in the third. Well, if that's true consistently year in and year out as it is, linebacker safety, interior offensive lineman running back, then prioritizing those positions early doesn't make sense. So the two big ones for Green Bay, I don't think they're going to prioritize pass rush in the first round. They have Preston Smith, they have Rashawn Gary, they have Zadarius Smith. I think, you know, Zadarius is probably going to be looking at a new deal here coming up. It's, it's true you can never have too many pass rushers, but I'd be surprised if Green Bay went that route in the first round. So, receiver. Okay, the league. There have been some, some good first-round receivers. They're impactful when you get them. It's not to say don't draft them in the first, but they're still really good value in the second rounds. And you still have a reasonable chance to get a starter at receiver by historical hit rate around 40% in the second round. That's still really good. So receiver, unless you think you have an elite guy, you wait. All right. Someone like Rashad Bateman. I know he's a fan favorite. I think he, I think he does have elite route running. Um, I, I think he fits a team like Green Bay. I could see you saying, hey, look, we think this guy is special and he can be the next Devontae Adams or the next Keenan Allen. You know, I, the receiver is an impactful position enough to make that sort of gamble. It's really two spots, cornerback and tackle. And cornerback and tackle, the league has been relatively good at saying we think we're we, these players are the good ones. And... The talent drops off significantly after that. So if you want an offensive tackle, you got to get him in the first. Now, the Packers have had some success in the middle rounds, but by and large, the league 
has had far more success in the early rounds. The same at corner. This is a deep draft at corner. It's a pretty deep draft at tackle as well. But historical numbers say you got to get those guys in the first. So there are a bunch of guys who meet Green Bay's athletic thresholds. But if we want to have some fun, we add Josh Norris from NBC Sports. He found that the short shuttle is a terrific indicator for offensive line projections. And players who have a 4.47 or better in the short shuttle go on to start 80% of their games. That is a huge improvement over the 50-50 that most draft picks are. And in the in the first round, you know, it's probably over 50% by historical averages. But when you can up the indicator that far, hey, that's pretty great. Well, the only guy who is a likely top 50 pick who hits that threshold is Samuel Cosme from Texas. So I don't think he's a top 30 guy. I don't think, you know, he makes sense at 29 if Green Bay takes him. I would get it insofar as he is the kind of player with the athletic tools who could be really good. I just don't think he's there right now. And for Green Bay, maybe the point is, hey, uh, give him a shot this year. He could play guard or tackle. And you figure out down the line what you really have. I don't think he's a Jason Spriggs type um, as far as that's concerned. But he is a, a very good athlete. The short shuttle indicates much better lateral quickness than Jason Spriggs. So this leaves us with the position, the position, cornerback. Isn't that convenient? Everything points to Green Bay being smart to take a corner. Are there more indicators we can use to figure out which corners would make the most sense for Green Bay? Which ones are likely to be good? Why, yes, there are. Thank you for asking. And we will talk about them right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA is getting down to it with the playoffs just around the corner. Baseball is back. The NHL is in full swing. Plus, they'll let you bet on award shows, TV shows, reality TV, all with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. We're going to get a full golf season, God willing. We just had the Masters. Um, I want a little money on that. So, hey, we're having fun here. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's all free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. LOCKED ON. You put it in with your money, they will match that first deposit up to 50%. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget, Promo code LOCKEDON gets you that 50% deposit bonus. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. I host it, and I'll update you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So, Pro Football Focus... We've been hearing from them a lot. They found that coverage grade is a sticky, stable metric projecting to the NFL. Guys who can cover effectively in college tend to be able to cover effectively in the NFL. So I looked at the top 75 corners, guys who are probably going to be in the top 75. And I thought, okay, so who are the guys 
who are likely to be, and, and really not top 75, but like from 15 to 75, because we expect Horn and Sertan for sure are going to be gone by the time the Green Bay Packers get into range. So that leaves 10 guys, right? Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom, Asante Samuel Jr., Paulson Adebo, Ifatu Melifanwu, Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes, Benjamin St. Juice, Kelvin Joseph, and Aaron Robinson. Well, let's add zone grade because the Packers are going to be running mostly zone. Plus, Kelvin Joseph has, um, he had a bad three cone and has some attitude problems. Um, some questions there about, you know, his his maturity, that kind of thing. Tyson Campbell doesn't fit the physical profile. And so those guys probably need to be kept out. Um, I don't know about Sean Wade. He hasn't tested. Going to test this week, it sounds like. We'll see. And Caleb Farley has the back injury. That leaves Farley, Adebo, Newsom, Melly, St. Just, Robinson, and Stokes. And the last two had pretty poor... Uh, zone grades. In fact, Stokes was a below average um, uh, in zone. So that means those are your guys. And to me, when you're looking at corners, there's the big three in the first round. Farley, Newsom, Melifonwu. And any of those three would be terrific. Terrific, terrific for Green Bay. And if they were sitting there and they didn't like their options, they could trade down a little. And I think you could get Paulson Adebo or Eric Stokes in the in the 30s, 40s. Adebo does not have that sort of profile, but I'm telling you, for the Packers in zone, heavy off coverage, he sort of discount Melifonwu to me. Big, a little stiff tip, but a zone corner all day who can tackle and doesn't have you know outstanding ball skills but can can really be a, a good fit in this scheme. The playmakers are Farley and Newsom. They're the playmakers. And Melifonwu, I think he wins with just flat-out consistency and tenacity. So those are those are the guys you want to get early. And then you have, you know, Benjamin St. Just and Aaron Robinson, um, you know, day two. 62, 92, maybe those are spots that you would you would you know want to add but again you you want to take your corner in the first you want to trust your high level evals on corner the problem that that teams make is they overbelieve in themselves they have overconfidence in their ability to evaluate right so the places where you can feel confident you want to take those shots so if you really like a guy go ahead and take that shot now asante samuel you know doesn't fit the type Kelvin Joseph doesn't fit the type. Uh, Tyson Campbell doesn't fit the type. So are you going to go out of type for those guys? That would certainly broaden the list. I don't see Green Bay doing that, although they met with Asante Samuel. I made, I made this joke on Packaday podcast. You know, when the Packers met with Asante Samuel, presumably they knew he was short. <laughs> it's not hard to see from the tape that he's 5'10". Uh, but they chose to meet with him anyway. And, and he's someone who plays much bigger. That's just something to keep in mind, that, that if, if they wanted to broaden the scope a little bit, they could do that. Now, okay, so what does that mean? Well, if you're not going to get a, a tackle right away, and, and by the way, if, if there's someone that, that you like there, 
again, we do have good information that says you should believe in your evaluations of offensive tackles in the first round. The league has a pretty good track record there relative to other positions. And the track record falls off. So there are other guys who have really good athletic profiles. Tevin Jenkins, Alex Leatherwood, um, Dylan Radins, and Tevin. I said Tevin Jenkins. Guys who are legitimate, you know, Christian Derisaw. He didn't test, so we don't really know his situation. Liam Eikenberg. All these guys are are in the mix late first, early second. And so if you if those are the guys that you think are the best there, take them. Take them. But but corner, not only is it a more pressing need, it's more important that you do it early. Because I think I, I think the, the quality falls off. I think in the second, you could probably get a decent tackle in the second or third round and feel like, hey, we could develop this guy into something. I don't know if that's true at corner where, you know, the talent part of it is so crucial. The receiver thing is interesting because, okay, you're going to wait at receiver. All right, good. Wait. We have really good, I mean really good indicators with receivers. There are two terrific metrics that we can use with receivers dominator and breakout age breakout age is exactly what it sounds like at what age did this guy become a legit impact player the earlier the better history tells us dominator is the same sort of idea except with productivity instead of age so how big a target share did you get on your own team? How many touchdowns? Of all the touchdowns caught, how many were yours? Of all the yards caught, how many were yours? Of all the targets, how many were yours? The more that your college coaches trusted you, you know, the, the premise is the, the ball finds talent. And you could say, well, the coach probably you might have screwed it up, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Heading into 2020, 52 receivers put up 1,000-yard seasons in the last five years. Of the 50 who actually played receiver in college, five of them had a below-average dominator ranking. Five. We're talking about less than 10%. Okay. Breakout age. Of those 52 receivers, remember, 50 played receiver in college. Four were below average in breakout age. Four. Four. We're talking extreme outliers, 10%. So a historical 10% hit rate on those guys. That is bad. Now, it is not the case that you have a 90% hit rate above that, but it is true that it's, it's one of those statistics of exclusion. If you don't meet the threshold, then there has to be extenuating circumstances. A, B, um, you need to have, you know, Terry McLaurin is a great example. He had Paris Campbell on his team who, who caught a million passes and put up a bunch of yards. He still had a 1,000-yard season as a senior at Ohio State. It wasn't like he didn't do anything. Jalen Waddell never had more than eight. I think he never had more than 900 yards in a season. Never even had a breakout season. Henry Ruggs never had a breakout season. That is a problem. So... Okay, which so this helps because this increases the, the probability of, of you hitting because the guys who don't meet these standards, not that they're write-offs, but like history tells us they're just never going to be high-level receivers. Just not going to be high-level receivers. So if what you want is a high-level player, and presumably most people do, 
then you need to cut that list down a little bit. Okay, 10 guys. Here we are again. 10 guys are above average in both. Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, Tylen Wallace, Tutu Atwell, Rondell Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, Kay Johnson, Dwayne Eskridge, Diami Brown. By the way, um, Devontae Smith doesn't meet the deal here. Jalen Waddell doesn't meet it. Rashad Bateman is, by, by resume, he and Terrace Marshall are the most impressive guys in the class by these metrics. Kadarius Toney, not in the mix. Nico Collins, not in the mix. Amari Rogers, not in the mix. So if you're looking for day two guys, you want to start with this list. All right. Now, what about physical profile? Unfortunately, Elijah Moore, small. Tutu Atwell, small. Rondell Moore, small. Amon Ross St. Brown, small and slow. Cade Johnson, small and slow. Dwayne Eskridge, small. There's four guys left. Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, Dami Brown, Tylen Wallace. That's your list. That's your list of receivers. Now, I, I think the Moores, more and more, the law firm of more and more, you should keep in mind Rondell Moore, absolute crazy athlete, setting weightlifting records. I know he's 5'7", but he's 5'7", and just a brick, you know what, house. And Elijah Moore, um, a really good athlete, just a little small. I wonder if if Matt LaFleur is going, hey, these guys, I know they're little, but we could have so much fun with them. To me, Rashad Bateman is your round one target. Diami Brown is your round two target. Tylen Wallace is your round three target. That's how I'm viewing it. And if you can't get one of those guys, wait until day three and take your shot with Jalen Darden or you know some of those other guys who are just who are gadget only players. If you want to, if you want a guy who profiles as someone who could legitimately become a real dude for you, that's that's the list you want to be working on. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And the flavors just keep getting better. Things like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, banana bread, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And they're great for the health conscious person. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So I, I we're getting going to get it to mock draft Monday in a second here, but we wanted to do something a little special for it. So this sets up the mock draft Monday. Hey, Peter, it's Egan from Indianapolis. Uh, my question or, or request is, um, is this in 2020, the Packers did not really draft to solve 2020 problems. At least that's what it seemed like in the early rounds and you yourself are, are really the first person I heard say most rookies are bad. And, you know, I think um, with what I've seen, I totally agree with that. So my question is what if we did a mock where we just sort of pretended that the Packers again, weren't going to try to solve 2021 problems with the 2021 draft, but we're looking forward into 22 and, and 23. Anyways, love the show. 
Thanks for everything. See ya. All right. So I did two. And I did two because I wanted to to see how different they would be. So this is interesting. Uh, this is an interesting topic and maybe something that, that we could talk about more at length. I don't know how how much for the future actually changes things. I don't know, uh, you know, uh, the Packers already don't have that many spots up for grabs. So what I want to do is say, okay, let's focus on best player available. Let's focus on positional value and Packers types with everything in mind that we just talked about at the top of the draft that, you know, if you want certain positions early, that makes sense. And if you want to wait, that makes sense. So if they're similar graded players, I'm looking at positional value and historical hit rate. So my my pro football focus draft would like it 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 would be great. Greg Newsom, Diami Brown, Jamin Davis, Tay Gowan, the cornerback from UCF, Milton Williams, defensive lineman from Louisiana Tech, Josh Palmer, the receiver from Tennessee, who pro football focus is is much higher on than uh, I, I think other places. You get Tommy Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame, who. Matt LaFleur would love to be a Packer. Bobby Brown, the defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Sidarius Hutchinson from South Carolina. Puka Williams to round out the class. I mean, to go one, two, three, Greg Newsom, Diami Brown, Jamin Davis, you're killing it. Now, I don't I don't think Davis is going to fall that far, but Newsom could, Brown could, take Allen at 135. I mean, I, I, I get him consistently in the Draft Network mocks late on day three. So, you know, some evaluations all over the board there. There's some good value at defensive line, receiver, and tight end in the middle of the draft and, and toward the end of the draft. But notice it doesn't really change that much. You know, like that, that would just be, if I didn't tell you what that draft was and I just told you I did it, you'd be like, hey, great draft. So the Packers are, are in a really good position here. The, the, the positions that they need are the positions basically every team needs. And so it doesn't it doesn't really change that much. Now, the draft network draft, maybe this is where you start to go, hey, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe care a little bit more about need. Because at 29, I went Jason Owe from Penn State, who was the best player on the board. Uh, Aaron Robinson, the corner from, from UCF at 62. Ben Cleveland, interior offensive lineman from Georgia at 92. Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama. Dalen Hayes, the edge player from Notre Dame. Derek Forrest, the safety from Cincinnati. Simi Fahoku, the receiver from Stanford. Demetric Felton, my dude um, from UCLA. Jalen Darden from, from North Texas and Tay Gowan. Again, 256. I got him on the draft network at 256. Just take some shots on day three. How different is that from, from what you'd expect me? It's I guess it's more edge. But, you know, maybe Green Bay should be attacking, you know, the edge with a little bit more ferocity. You know, this is Preston Smith's last year on the team. Um, Zadarius Smith has got big cap hits coming. So, you know, maybe you, you figure some more stuff out there. I don't know, he's you know, going to be in his 30s now. How much longer is he going to be able to play at a high level? Maybe it makes sense to do it. I, I think I think what we what we often forget is we just assume these rookies that, you know, you take that they're going to be good right away. So even if you draft for need, odds are the guy is not going to be good. You know, um as Ian said, most rookies are bad. So in some ways, every rookie is with an eye toward the future because you can't expect your rookie to compete for you right away. Now, if you have a hole in 2019 or 2020 or 2021, whenever you're drafting, 
you know, that guy, maybe he doesn't help you that year, but okay, guess what? In a year, it's probably still going to be a hole. It's probably still going to be a problem area for your team. So it helps to get that guy in, get developed, and see if you can fix that longer term. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, and we're coming up here on the draft uh, less than three weeks away. And that means a lot more fun to be had between now and then. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.